Welcome everyone to Planet 76, episode 50, five, zero, halfway to 100. Feeling good right now? Sixers just closed out first round series against the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> A long-awaited closeout game, might I add. As always, Planet, 70, Planet 76, co-host here, Michael from Trust Love and Troy as well. We are going to get into some recap stuff. We're going to get into some second round preview stuff. And yeah, again, like I said, spirits are high right now. Things looking good with the Sixers. And <laughs> make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast wherever you're at, YouTube. I noticed we've been getting, we've been doing pretty decent on YouTube. I don't know if you, I don't know if you peeped that, but we've been oh, yeah? pretty decent on YouTube. So if you guys are from YouTube, appreciate the support. And uh, keep it up. We're gonna keep pumping out episodes and content. You know where you know where to find us. That's right. It's been a busy night already on Planet Seventy Six. Yes. So Michael recorded our uh, five minute recap for Game Six tonight. So um, we're fresh off of that. We're you know we're recapping Game Six, recapping the series. We're previewing Round Two. Um, this is the official Round Two preview episode for uh, the Miami Heat and Sixers set to do battle. Um, starting Monday night, May yes. 2nd. So uh, you're going to preview that here. Um, so in just a few minutes, we'll get into that. But um, let's talk about round one for a little bit. And um, <clears throat> one, it, it just feels good. 132-97 Sixers win. Uh, it feels Thank great God. to be able to <laughs> go there and close out. As you mentioned, a little uh, certainly awaited for this one um long awaited after dropping two games in a row yeah uh, you and i hadn't talked about that i don't know how you were feeling um post game five what were what was your emotions what was what was going through your head my feelings were if the sixers lose game six i think they're gonna lose the series and i was wow. at the game monday night and i was i was just very saddened by what what i saw especially in the second half and the thing that frustrated me the most was Sixers, or I'm sorry, Raptors got out to, yeah, I, I don't know the exact number, but double-digit lead at halftime. Right. Sixers couldn't cut it to less than eight. And it was just so frustrating because you were sitting there watching them brick all these shots, and you were just thinking, <laughs> oh, my gosh, please cut the lead to something less than eight. Please. Every time the Sixers cut it to something close to eight, Raptors hit a three, Raptors got an N1. Just yeah. So frustrating. So I frustrating. can only imagine. It was frustrating watching on TV. I may have threw my phone um, a little bit. <laughs> not gonna say where <laughs> or to what. Deny that. But um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I can only imagine being in the arena for yeah. Game Five. Um, you know, get, to lose Game Four is one thing. To yeah. lose Game Five at home, uh, that was the one we really. I was like, we wanted to get that one. You know, but uh, Sixers do bounce back tonight with a very impressive win. Um, so to recap the series a little bit, I mean, obviously Sixers came out the gates dominant in games one and two, uh, doing pretty much whatever they wanted to do. And, um, just a great scheme, great overall team performance. Maxi had the 38 piece in game one, uh, game three, the Sixers were straight up outplayed by the Raptors and yet Joel Embiid with the game winning shot in overtime after the Sixers had not led in regulation game four. Um, Sixers took or the Raptors took care of business and then game five obviously you touched on it Toronto wins by 15 in Philadelphia to force a game six and uh, the Sixers come out and do what they do uh, tonight I will say this um, 
everywhere. I mean, everywhere after that Game 5 loss, it was Doc Rivers is going to blow a 3-0 lead. The Sixers are going to blow a 3-0 lead. The Sixers are going to be the first team ever. On and on and on and on and on after the Sixers just lost two games. So, to I don't know about... Like, I, I had to get off social media. I was like, I'm done because this is an overreaction. Sixers fans need to stop. Like, where were you at with all of that? Was it annoying to you? Like, it was how much annoying of that was warranted? To, yeah. It was annoying to the extent that people genuinely were, were – I think a lot of Raptors fans were convincing themselves that it was going to happen just just to justify their, you know, their 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 fandom and things like that. And, you know, I guess it makes sense. I didn't really agree with it, although it would have <coughs> kind of made sense considering Doc Rivers has been responsible right. for the most 3-1 leads uh, loss in NBA history, which is says something for a top 15 coach ever, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but, yeah, a lot of it was really unwarranted. A lot of it was kind of dramatic. But like I said, what I, what I my firm belief throughout all of this was if the Sixers did lose tonight – I don't. I don't think they would have won Game Seven. I. I just at that point, it's just you lost. You lost three in a row. I mean, right. there's. Is there any coming back from this? You only needed one game. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, a lot of it was overreacting. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, season's over." Right. After one game, which, like, if their reasoning for saying that is is a good reason, then I understand it. But a lot of it was overreaction, like you're saying. Right. And and what I was thinking all along. Now, again, I was frustrated after Game oh, 5, yeah. like most Sixers fans. But what I was saying all along and what I said on that Game 5 recap that I had to do, yeah. <laughs> that was brutal. Oh, gosh. Um, but anyway, it was like, you know, one, no one – I don't know any Sixers fans that said Sixers in four. I don't know any Sixers fans that said Sixers in five. So coming into the series, it was like you're expecting six or seven games, and yeah. a lot of people had the Raptors. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Like a lot of people um, had the Raptors. And so – to, to win in six was like, you know, grand, you know, big picture thing yeah. to go back two weeks ago where, you know, it's tipping off the series. Like, you're happy with that. Right. You're happy with Sixers and six. And so. And it's funny because, like, the I went to the game. It was it was a very spur of the moment thing. And I texted Troy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like man, I do not, <laughs> I do not envy you right now doing this recap. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I know. I, I didn't get too much of a rant going. Yeah. I did record a long one on that. I think it was like eight, nine minutes. But That's okay. Um, hey, it's okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of it was talking about that. Like, yeah. let's just take care of business. Yeah. Um, now, again, if the Sixers blew a 3-0 lead and they lost the series, then, heck, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things coming their way, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But, like, to overreact that much, a good Raptors team, they won a game at home, like, that's expected. No one expected us to sweep. Game five is where it hurts because you you're, you lose at home. You go back to Toronto. You go there without Matisse Thybul and you know all of these things. And um, Sixers just came out dominant. What did you see, particularly in game in game six? Um, what did you see that you liked? Well, one thing I saw that I liked, especially in comparison to four and five, was the Sixers actually just playing. They looked exactly how they did in one, two, and three for the most part. Three. Yeah. They looked exactly the same. I don't know what changed. I don't know where the switch flipped. I'm glad it did, but I don't know where it flipped. The Sixers looked just great. Second half was close, but 
But the third quarter, they just blew it out of the water, and they built up a 20-plus point lead, held on to it. Thank the Lord they did. And it was just it was great. They were playing exactly how they should have played in four and five. But, you know, again, at least it got done. And everyone looked everyone looked really good. Danny Green especially looked really good tonight. Yeah. Defensively, he looked pretty good, but also as a scorer and shooting, he he shot the ball very well. So I'm just glad everyone showed up and 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 defense was really good as well. I think the Raptors scored what 98 points, 96 points. So they, I know they scored under 100, which is kind right. of kind of impressive when you. And then at I mean, in the, they had 62 at half. Yeah. So they they scored 17 and 19 in the third and fourth quarter for a total of 36. Yeah. That's a, that's amazing. I mean, that's really, really cool Sixers stuff. Sixers really locked in tonight, so. Yep, Big outscored props. the Raptors by 34 total in the wow. second half. Um, yeah, again, a one-point a one point game at halftime, and I, I, you mentioned it. Danny Green, credit to him. He had four threes in the first half. You he know, was, he doesn't hit he was two, three sniping. of those. You know, we're down five, six, seven yeah. at halftime. Um, so those were big. James Harden came out very, very well. I thought he got back to his game one and two, James Harden, where he just controlled the game. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good. He was aggressive. Yeah. He got to the rim early. He, he, he had more. And this might sound weird, but I think I think he had more effective drives where he kicked out. So he he's been obviously notorious this series, especially for yeah. for passing out of shots, passing out of potential layups and things like that. Yeah. And but I thought when he did tonight, it was effective because he hit guys where he needed to hit them. Um, James Harden did make a floater tonight. That's newsworthy because he he's been he's been missing some of those. He did have a nice dunk shortly after that too. So um, just good all around, as you mentioned. Uh, Tobias had 19. Joel 33. Maxi 25. Um, 25. I didn't I didn't quite realize that. Yeah. And then Harden 22. So um, good stuff. Uh, bench production a little bit. Paul Reed had you know a couple meaningful buckets. Niang in the second half to help put it away. So, Sixers are moving on. Shall we move on? Yes. Let's put this preview. away. I'm done with this series. No more. No more. No Nick more. Nurse. It's over. Thank the Lord. It's over. No more. No more Drake. Nothing. We're done. He's a bandwagon. He's not. He's not a real Raptors fan. No, anyway. he is not. Anyway. All right. We're moving on <laughs> to the Miami Heat. We're taking our talents down to South Beach. Um, so obviously the Heat took took care of business with the Atlanta Hawks four to one. Uh, I don't know how much you caught of that series or anything, but what jumps off initial initial uh, thoughts on the Miami Heat? What jumps off the page? Their defense is uh, yeah is <laughs> something that it, uh, it scares me a lot as a Sixers fan because we saw what the Raptors defense did to the Sixers. Well, right. take that <laughs> and add in two Defensive Player of the Year candidates. Well. Maybe not so much Jimmy Butler, but Bam Adebayo is one of them. Jimmy Butler is borderline. And a a really good team defense as well. P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry, these guys are really good defenders. Old Depot is good as well when he's healthy. So uh, the the Heat defense is going to give the Sixers lots of issues, especially James Harden. And I hate to say it because, uh, uh, you know, I, I want Harden to succeed, obviously, but some, he needs to really play the way he played tonight if, if the Sixers are going to have a chance because the Heat defense is going to be on him, on Embiid, on Maxi. Like, the Sixers are going to have a tough time scoring if Embiid isn't in a rhythm, if Harden can't things going. 
Yeah, I mean, right? I won't get into it much right now. I know we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes, but still. Yeah. The, yeah. Right off the bat, their defense. It's scary. And, you know, obviously we, we kept up with Miami, you know, through the regular season, and they were the number one seed for a reason and all yeah. of these things. But what they did to Trey Young. Put him in a chamber. Put him I mean, in a chamber. And I honestly think, I mean, it's getting talked about. You see it, you know, on social media and things. But I, I, I think, personally, I think it's getting a little bit overshadowed by what the Celtics did to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, I mean, what they did to Trey Young is like. I mean, he's their level. entire offense, and they yeah. shut it down. So Trey Young, Pulled by the, the numbers, five games, he averaged 15 points a game. He averaged more turnovers than assists. Which is un- very uncharacteristic of Trey Young. Very uncharacteristic. Over six turnovers and uh, just about six assists a game. 32% from the field and 18% from three in five games against the Miami Heat. Trey Young, um, they absolutely strapped him. And uh, as a Sixers fan, as you mentioned, that is a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you consider how good of an offensive player Trey Young is. And Sixers fans know how good of an offensive player Trey Young is because of what happened last year in the playoffs. We know that. And he put that on display, and he shut it down. They said, Oh, you think you're going to, you know, you think you're going to break us down with offense? No, not happening, Trey. Sorry, we're just going to. We're just gonna put you in the dungeon and, and right, like and, what and throw away them, the key. Like, what do you think allowed them to have so much success against them? Was it trapping? Was it multiple defenders? It was, was it, all of that. They the the, yeah. the Heat are are one of the only teams in the NBA that have guys who can not only guard multiple positions but guard multiple positions at a high level. Bam, Jimmy, right. uh, Kyle. Like I said, these guys are extremely good defenders from multiple levels. They play team defense too. Like, basically all the guys on their team can play defense except Duncan Robinson, but it doesn't even really matter because his defense gets hidden. And they have guys who can really, really defend. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. So that is who is up next for the Sixers. Obviously, Miami has home court in the series again starting on Monday. I'm going to run through these fast facts. I did a little post-game um, post game research, research on the Miami nice. Heat after the Raptors win to, after the Sixers win over the Raptors. So here are your fast facts on the Toronto or on the Miami Heat. Scratch that. Fast facts <laughs> on the Miami Heat. Fifty three and twenty nine regular season record. Twenty nine and twelve at home. Twenty four and seventeen on the road. Um, coming into the playoffs, they lost four straight, then followed by six out of seven wins to close the regular season. So six out of seven. Um, coming after four losses in a row for the Heat. Uh, they are obviously have a balanced scoring attack led by Jimmy, Tyler Hero off the bench, and Bam Adebayo, all between 21 and 19 points a game. Uh, in the four games that he did play in the playoffs, Jimmy was over 30 points per game, um, taking his game to another level, as Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. tends to do in the playoffs. He had a 40-piece, I think 45, in game one or game two. Um, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, noteworthy, they were down around 12 points a game um, in the first round series, and obviously that didn't affect them in terms of getting wins. Um, regular season, they're fifth in defensive efficiency, ninth in offensive efficiency. Victor Oladipo, obviously, I think he only played a handful of regular season yeah. games, but he played two games in the playoffs. He had 23 in the closeout win against Atlanta. He was very... Uh, pumped up. It was actually kind of a cool thing, cool moment to see him 
uh, help get the closeout in that series. Uh, and then they are number one in the league in a couple of different statistical categories. The Miami Heat are number one in three-point field goal percentage. Wow. Uh, and that is despite taking the 14th most threes a game. If, if you know, you think if they're number one in field goal percentage, why not chuck them up some more? But they're about the middle of the pack in terms of how many they take a game. And then to no one's surprise, then Miami Heat are number one in the NBA in bench points per game. Wow led by Tyler Hero with 20 a game. They're, uh, for reference, they average about 40 and a half a, ga- a game off the bench, and the Sixers are 28th in the NBA, and they're down around 27 points a game off the bench. So that's your fast facts on the Miami Heat. Uh, Michael, anything there? Jump off the page. No, I mean, the Heat are a really well-balanced team. Obviously, Jimmy isn't the greatest scorer, but he can for mm-hmm. sure, as we saw, put up 45 <laughs> in the playoffs. He can for sure get his buckets. They, they call him Jimmy G Buckets for a reason when he needs to. And obviously guys like Hero, great scorers. Lowry can put the ball in the hoop when necessary. They have some guys off the bench too as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Gabe Vincent, who literally tortures the Sixers every time they play. <laughs> uh, guys like um, Max Schroes has become really solid rotational guy for them and bam's a decent scorer too occasionally obviously like troy said averages 19 a game um but he can he can score as well when, when necessary mm-hmm. especially um in the paint and he's become a pretty good jump shooter too mm-hmm. yeah i'll say the thing that scares me out of those you know facts um despite the three-point shooting you know that one of mm-hmm. course but the fact that the miami heat had tyler hero and Bam only averaged about 12 a game in the playoffs in round one. They Jimmy Butler didn't play in one of the games. Yeah. Kyle Lowry missed two of the games. And we're sitting here talking about a Miami Heat 4-1 to one victory. Defense. <laughs> it must have been. Clamp out. It must have been the defense. And defense travels and defense. A lot of team, times when your team hangs their hat on defense, it doesn't even matter who's in the lineup. Um, or who's doing what or what those guys are doing offensively because of what they do on the defensive end. So that's what jumps out to me. Um, Sixers and Heat did split the season series, though there's not a whole lot I think we can take away. Um, and Bede and Bam, I believe, only matched up one time, and that was the Sixers' first loss in the James Harden era. James Harden didn't play in that one. Um, it was a weird game. Sixers only scored 82 points down in Miami, 99-82. Kind of a weird one. Um, I vaguely remember that. But Joel had 22 on 4 of 15. Uh, he went 14 for 14 from the free throw line. I believe that was the only matchup with Bam Adebayo. Um, James Harden hasn't played against the Miami Heat while in a Sixers uniform. Um, I do remember, you know, obviously a little over a month ago now, the Sixers got that uh, playoff atmosphere kind of win when we were chasing them for the one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you remember that one. No Joel, no Harden. Max, he had do. 28. That was, at Wells Fargo, that was wild. Niang had a great game. Max, he had a great game. I think, did Ferk have a nice game too? Didn't Ferk, he have like 20 points? Yeah, Ferk had 18 and 18. Shake, Shake, Shake had 20. Yes, of course. Boy, all that coming, would be nice. It's all coming back to me now. Speaking of Furk on Corkma, shout out to him for getting like a minute and a half of game time tonight, yeah, right? Was probably because of probably because of Nomatis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw him in the corner. I was like, 
wait a minute, is that fur gum blank? I mean, yeah, exactly. If you blinked or you were yeah. you were in the restroom, you didn't see fur gum yep. on the court tonight. Yep. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, so split the season series two to two. Not really too much we can take away from that. Yeah. Um, I there was a quote from Joel Embiid post game tonight. You know, okay. after the win against the Raptors, I want your thoughts on this. So they asked him. He said, "Hey, what are you? You know, what are your initial thoughts on to- on playing the Miami Heat?" And um, he said that playing Toronto, in a nutshell, he said that playing Toronto prepared us for Miami. They have a similar play style. They have a smaller, you know, undersized center and all that kind of stuff. They switch. They're good at defense. Um, and I was like, okay, that's kind of encouraging and i kind of see it mm-hmm. um do you think do you agree with joel do you think playing toronto may be prepared for them for miami yeah i think to a degree it did because again like we're talking about the defense toronto has had a lot of guys that they could throw at Embiid, <laughs> barnes ananobi uh siakam all those guys we saw at chua the heat ha- he have pretty similar um, I, I think the Heat have a pretty similar strategy. I mean, well, they will. I think the Heat will have a pretty similar strategy. They have a lot of guys they can throw at Embiid. Obviously, primary defenders can be Bam Adebayo, but I mean, they can throw guys like PJ Tucker at him. They can get, throw guys like Dwayne Dedman, although he's not, you know, on on any levels of somebody like Scotty Barnes or Adrian Anobi. But they have guys they can throw at Embiid, and I think when you have a bit of a stronger core. Mm-hmm. On defense, with that the Heat do with Bam Adebayo, I think he's probably the best defender that we're talking about right now. Right, and he, you know when you have that kind of anchor on the defensive end as a big, I think that definitely makes up for what they lack in terms of guys that they can throw at him. Because I mean, Bam, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's he's right. just like he really does everything defensively. He's one of the only guys that can guard everything. Just everything. Great shot blocker, great interior defender. And yeah. similar to a guy like Siakam, he's long, he's quick, he's strong. And a guy like that can make things, individually can make things difficult for Joel Embiid. We saw him, I mean, when the Heat played the Bucks. what was that, 20? Was it the bubble? Hmm. It may have been the bubble when the Heat swept. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They made it tough for Giannis, and obviously that was quite a few years ago when both Embiid and and Giannis were, you know, a bit behind in their development. But they made things tough for Giannis, and I I fully anticipate them doing the same for Joel Embiid. But I like Joel's confidence, and um, I agree. Like I said, I agree. I I think what the Heat can do is similar to what the Raptors did do against the Sixers in this series. Right. Right. So I think, you know, it could be as much as it could benefit the Sixers. Okay, we're familiar with this kind of style. I think it could also benefit uh, Miami Heat for having watched Toronto and seeing what worked and what didn't when it comes to defending Joel Embiid and the rest of the Sixers. Um, I mean, Miami's confidence has to be an all-time high to do what they did to Trey Young. And I get that Trey and Joel are completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of what they do. Um, completely different, but it's like, you know, what is what's what's Miami going to draw up defensively, and how is, you know, Doc Rivers going to counter? Uh, you got to find a way to get that man the basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sixers aren't going to win this series if Joel averages sixteen points a game. 
you know, it's just not going to happen. So it's like, what, how are they going to allow Joel to be effective? Um, You know, it would be great to see Bam get in foul trouble, obviously. Um, And it, I I think he will, if they're going to try, try, quote unquote, to defend him one-on-one. I think you could see Bam get into foul trouble a little bit. I, I don't think that'll be their main um, main thing to defend Joel one on one because no one can. But right, um, it's going to be interesting. It, it, I also think this is going to be a very chippy series. I mean, we got some guys oh, yeah. with attitudes on the Miami Heat. Let me oh, tell yeah. you, <laughs> definitely, especially it's, with Jimmy. Yeah, especially with Jimmy. Especially with you know, obviously, if it would happen a couple years ago, there'd be more of a storyline. Um, but Jimmy's a former Sixer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Very just true. a few years ago. So, uh, you know, you got Jimmy Butler, you got Kyle Lowry, you got PJ Tucker. Um, you just got some guys that got some, aren't got scared. Some tough, like g- genuinely tough dudes. I'm not, I'm not saying that like, right. sarcastically. Genuinely. Yeah. Like, like you <laughs> said, guys who just don't care, guys who aren't scared and they just, they, these guys want to win. Like PJ Tucker won a ring with the Bucks last year and he signed with the Miami Heat. Like he, right. he, he wants to be a part of that grit like gritty and you know pushing kind of thing not, i mean like not physically pushing but you got you got maybe <laughs> well maybe that yes makes, that's a good point though that okay you got pj tucker who's won a title yeah you've got kyle won lowry <laughs> who won a title yeah you got jimmy butler and whoever else was on that team yeah. who made it to the finals basically the same team bam tyler hero duncan robinson that's it, though. Yeah, but I mean, that's a you know, that's obviously a bulk of their team with some mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah, couple having won it, so yeah. that's big. Sixers have not been that far um, as some of these guys have. So wow, okay, I didn't even. I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't yeah. realize. Wow, they've got some champions. He on did that talk team, so. a baller, dude. I wish the Sixers got him. He's yeah. so he's so great. All right, so few more things left to cover. Uh, we'll go a little more in-depth on what makes Miami tough and then some areas that the Sixers can exploit, followed by some factor cap and over or under. Woo! And then, um, I don't, yeah, maybe a couple predictions, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be a wrap. So a few more things left to go. So outside of defense, what makes Miami tough? Or maybe not outside defense because that's like their bread yeah. and butter, but... What yeah, their defense, tough? their defense, and you have on the outline here, their shooting. I mean, the Sixers not only don't have the shooters that they do, but they also don't really have the volume shooting that the, that the that the Heat do, especially from three. Again, we talk about guys like Tyler Hero, PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, still a really good three point shooter. Duncan Robinson, Max Schrus. These guys are really, yeah. really good three point shooters, especially in the case of Max Schrus and Duncan Robinson. The Sixers don't. I mean, aside from George Niang and and occasionally Danny Green, they don't really have the right. level of sharpshooting that the Heat do. So guys like that, guys who are just for the most part strictly catch and shoot three pointers, who are who excel at that, that's definitely yeah. going to be an issue for the Sixers. I think. Yeah, that's a worry. That's a worry. You know, because guys like that can li- just by catch and shoot, like yeah. they can literally go win you a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if Duncan and Tyler and Max Strews combined for 13 threes, or, you know, like, because that can happen. And it's oh, yeah. like, that happens, Sixers are going to lose. Yeah. And so it's like, man, that's a worry because in a, in a seven game series, and all you need is four wins, and, you know, 
you can't let those guys go out there and win two games just yeah. by shooting the basketball. Um, so defending that's going to be tricky. Um, it's it's going to be tricky. They got some shooters. So that's yeah. I think that's the big one. I think that's what makes it tough because, as you mentioned, it's not like the Sixers are going to go out there and match that. They literally can't match that. <laughs> they have to stop that. You know, yeah. if those guys combine for 13 threes, Niang and Danny Green ain't going to do it. You know, we can't just go out there and match them. So it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Um, James Harden's going to have to carry some weight. Um, and as you mentioned, it's going to be a tough matchup for him. So what makes you? Is it because of? some similarities with Trey Young and the ball-dominant kind of player? Like, what makes you think James Harden could struggle? Well, I think, yeah, I think I think when it comes down to that, because for Trey Young being better than James Harden this season and what we've seen from Trey Young and seeing what the Heat did to that, it makes right. me worried about what they're going to do to James Harden because he's he hasn't been the dynamic offensive player that Trey Young has been this season. Mm-hmm. And again, what the Heat did to that. So right. Harden's really going to need to, I don't even know, to, he, he's going to need to tap into something. He's going to need to to do what he did tonight, but to, I would say, an even greater extent, um, especially, you know, on, on on dribble drive, put the putting the ball on the floor. Like, he's going to have to do a lot more of that because he's he can't just be a catch-and-shoot guy on the perimeter. The Heat are right. going to shut that down immediately. He needs to be the dynamic offensive player that he was tonight, that he was in games one, two, and three, for the most part, of course. Right. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how how often, as you mentioned, James has the ball, how often Tyrese Maxey has the ball, yeah. um, and what that offense looks like when one of them's on the floor, you know, versus both of them paired up. I also think Shake Milton, we've been asking for it. We, he's we gonna need be a Shake Milton game. We mm-hmm. need a Shake Milton game, and he's he's been effective mm-hmm. in in the Toronto series in very limited minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had a nice little floater in the lane today. Um, he had another, I think, three ball that he missed. But like, I, you know, I guess we're need, I, need you know, a nice sense. game from him. It makes sense that he's getting less minutes at the playoffs. But like, man, let Shake go out there and, and do something because he's another guy that can go get a bucket. And against Miami, you need a guy that can do that. Um, or else they're going to clamp down because mm-hmm. if it's, I mean, my lord, now we got to think about Matisse Thibel coming back into the lineup and what the Miami Heat are going to do with that. Yeah, leaving him wide open, sending a double to James Harden or Tyrese Maxey. It's just that's scary. That's yeah. scary. So I hope yeah. Doc Rivers has something up his sleeve. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, <sighs> on the opposite of that, before we get too high and to our anxiety level, um, <laughs> what can the Sixers take advantage of? Well, I think having Joel Embiid um, is something that the Sixers need to take advantage of. It, it, for for what he was able to do this series, for the better part of the series, I should say, he needed to to, to do that tenfold because the yeah. Heat are like, like we're talking about. The Heat are only gonna make it more difficult for him, and he's he's gonna need to to really take advantage of mismatches. He's gonna meet, need to t- to really assert himself in the low post and really get himself down there. And just take over because for us, I I think we probably talked about it on the podcast before, but for you know, great defenders are great, but the greatest defenders still can't really stop the great scorers. And mm-hmm. for Embiid, this is it's gonna have to be the case because the Sixers absolutely need that, absolutely need that. Yeah, he's got to be big. He's got to be, be big. You know he wants it. You know he's hungry. 
um, you know, I, I just they have guys that again are gonna want to get under his skin. Mm-hmm. I think of PJ Tucker, who's six foot five and yet can can be a menace, can be an yeah. issue. Um, Joel's just gotta, I think, be patient. Um, you know, at, at times in, against Toronto, we saw him rush some passes and yeah. things like that. He's got to be patient. He's got to let the game come to him in a sense. Yeah. But man, when we need him, we need him, and yeah. Yeah. we need him. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yes. Um, so we need Joel to be Joel, and um, hopefully he's not affected too much mm-hmm. by the thumb. Hopefully he's not affected too much by. Again, just these guys that are annoying. I, I can already tell you, Kyle Lowry is going to piss me off in this series. <laughs> he's you know he's gonna go the pull Joel's king. thumb or do something. You know, yeah. ah man, the flop king, the flop king, dude. <laughs> um, but again, he he missed the last two games. He's uh-huh. a little shaken up. Jimmy's a little shaken up. Um, Jimmy's fine. He would have played it if that was a series, obviously. Yeah. But all right, so fact or cap and over. Let's go. Or under for the Miami Heat series. So uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know um, what you said. So we we put Tobias against yeah. the Raptors at over under eighteen points a game. I don't remember what you answered, but I think he I was said I think I said it's going to have to be 6. over eighteen if they win the series. Okay. But I think I might. I think I said under, but I, what I said was it's going to have to be over if he wants if the Sixers gotcha. win the series. So, so he was at seven. That was a good over under bet because yeah. 17.6 is where he landed. And <laughs> shout out to Tobias, though. He had a yes. very good series. He did. A very good mm-hmm. series um, on both ends of the floor. So there we go. Uh, anyway, moving to this series. So um, I've got a funny one for you first. DeAndre. Over or under one and a half games played by DeAndre Jordan in this series. So. We know the quote, Doc Rivers, big man, big man. We're playing DeAndre. Um, Dwayne Dedman is the Hawks back – or the Hawks, the Heat back up big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's seven foot tall. So, will we see under? I'm going to say over because just, oh. just, just from what Doc said, I'm going to say over. I, I, I don't I, – uh, uh, but – So, do you, does that mean you think – I mean, he, he's the backup big in this series? Well, it, going off of what Doc Rivers said, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, as much as I don't like that, I'm, I, all we have to go off of is what Doc said. Right. Like, that's it. So. Yeah. I, you know, obviously, it, yeah, it's either we're going off what Doc says or he's he's going to somehow stagger minutes to where, yeah. you know, Bam is matched up with Reed. Yeah. And Joel comes in in the minutes. Deadman's on or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, over for that. Um all right, over or under one and a half 30-point games from Jimmy Butler in this series. He averaged 30 in the four games he played against Atlanta. I'm going to say under. I could see one, <laughs> definitely one. I think he'll get close in a few, but I'm okay. going to say under. All right, all right. Here's a good one. Over <laughs> or under 35 and a half times that Kyle Lowry will get on my nerves. Over. Yeah, way over, over for Troy, take, Kyle Lowry, way over. Anybody who's placing bets, take the over on that one. Um, you <laughs> might see that one on DraftKings as a prop bet. <laughs> All right, over or under six. I, like I said, I think it's going to be a chippy series. Yeah. Over or under six and a half total technical fouls. I could see it being over. What do, I, what do you think? I could see it being over. I could see it being over. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you get a double technical. That's two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I yeah. could see it being yeah. over. Yeah, same. 
I wasn't sure where to put the number on that one. I think that's fair. Six and I a half. I think that's fair. Yeah, I agree. All right. We're bringing Tobias Harris back. So we said 18 last series, and now we're saying his his mark from the previous series, 17.6, over or under. Needs to be over. Please, Tobias. Needs to be over. I need to be over for – I'm serious this time. The Sixers win the series. <laughs> Harris, Harris scoring more than 18 a game is going to have a huge – is going to yeah. be a huge key in that. So please. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Uh, last one. James Harden will be the Sixers' second leading scorer. Obviously, in this first series, he was third behind Tyrese yeah. and Joel. That's gonna have to. That's gonna Oof. have to happen again. Okay. I, I don't know if Harden being the second leading scorer is what you want because that means at max he's probably averaging less than twenty a game, which again is not what you want because we we've seen how great and how dynamic of a scorer Tyrese is, especially in the past series with the Raptors. So that, that, I think that needs to happen again. I really do because I don't yeah. know if Harden – and I'm not knocking his scoring ability because he could still, you know, he could still average 20, 22, but Maxi, he's very capable of averaging more than 22 in my opinion. So I think it's going to have to continue. I think that trend's going to have to continue. So you're calling cap on that one. Yeah, I'm going to say – I'm going to say cap. I'm going to say it's going to have to be – Right. Okay, and I like the take on that, you know, because and I, I when I wrote that question, I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. I like it. Stick with what we're doing. Got. I mean, you got to. You have to. Yeah, and yeah, and to your point, that does mean that that Maxie's going to score. Yeah. Um. Because we know James is not going to be at twelve. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we know that Tyrese is going to score if that's the case. If he's second on the team. Um. All right. Um, question for you though. So we know the other side of the Eastern Conference, yes. Boston and Milwaukee set to yes. do battle. No Chris Middleton in that series, I believe. Right? He's out. Out. He's out. Um. Mm-hmm. So who you got? <sighs> Pains me, and I did, I was rooting for the Celtics to beat the Nets just because Nets <laughs> fans. I can't stand Nets fans. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with Celtics and six. However, if I think if Middleton was playing, I think I'd go with Bucks and Six. Like that's a huge loss for the series. Massive yeah. amounts of offense, massive amounts of scoring is going to be missing. Someone's really going to have to step up for the Bucks, and I don't. Well, one, I don't know who it's going to be, and and two, I don't know if it can even be done. So I'm just going to go with Celtics and Six. Plus, I think I, their I think their defense is going to give Giannis issues. Yeah, I want to say Celtics. Yes, yeah, so you said Celtics too. I think so. Yeah. Just uh, what they did against Brooklyn was so impressive. Yeah. Um, now, Giannis is a different animal, and, you know, the Bucks are, yeah. you know, where they're at in the standings for a reason. The Nets are where they were in the standings for a reason. Um, mm, it does pain me to say it. It does. It does, man. Because, honestly, without Middleton, though, like, you, Giannis can go off, and they yeah. can lose. Yeah. There's not that – you don't have that secondary scoring cushion that you're going to need – and you can't really depend on Drew Holiday for like he's a good scorer, but you can't depend on Drew Holiday as your second scorer. Right. So. I mean, yeah, because I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Giannis might score forty five, and the next closest scoring will be fourteen from yeah. Drew Holiday. Like it, it could be something like that. It'll be like Luca with the Mavs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what we're looking at right now. That's a very good way to put it. So uh, we're both on Boston to advance to the conference wow. finals. All right, two last questions, and uh, if you're feeling bold enough, you can make a prediction. Uh, I don't know if you're going to, but I, I will not be. 
All right. So <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. too fresh. Too fresh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is still this is still fresh off the Sixers moving on to the second round. Yeah. So uh, two questions though. So Miami finished this statement. Miami wins this series against the Sixers if if they shut down Embiid. And by shut down, I mean he averages less than like twenty per game. They win the series. I think that's a pretty, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Especially if you, if and when you consider the fact that Harden may not have the best scoring series, Maxi right. may only have a few scoring games where he's playing really well as a scorer. So if they shut, if they if they shut down Embiid, then it, the Sixers are going to lose the series, like straight up. Okay. And then uh, finish this statement. The Sixers win the series if. I mean, quite the opposite. If Embiid, if Embiid just dominates as a scorer this series, I don't think the Miami Heat have a chance. And obviously guys like we talk about Hero, Butler. But I think if Embiid is Embiid this series, I think if he's what he was tonight, which I think he had like 30 and 10 tonight, and it's going to be very – it's not going to be fun for the Heat. It's going to be a very yeah. tough time for the Miami Heat, especially guys like Bam, because Embiid is scoring. That means Bam is getting torched. So right. we're, we're going to have to see on that, but that, that that's what I think. All right, so Joel Embiid is your X factor in the series. Yes. Uh, my X factor, and so, you know, kind of a, you can answer it. Miami Heat win if they do this. If they don't do this and the Sixers win, I, I – I, just even talking with you tonight, uh, it's been clear that I think the X factor is Miami shooters. Yeah. Um, I just think it's such a big deal if if Struess and Hero and like Duncan you said, if, if if those guys combine for 10, 12 threes, right? I mean, what what that's that's oh, what are the Sixers gonna do? <laughs> exactly. So that's that is it. If they do that, you know, consistently. Then I think the Sixers are in trouble. I think Miami wins this series if those three in particular, and then you throw in a PJ Tucker and all yeah. those things. But I, I, I think you kind of those three can go off at any moment. Yeah. And so I think if 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 they do, Sixers are in trouble. Yeah. However, the you know the opposite of that's true. If they struggle, if if Tyler Hero's down around twelve a game, if Duncan Robinson's down around eleven a game or whatever. Um, I think that bodes well for the Sixers because that means that a guy like Danny Green doesn't have to go for 20 to match them because it's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, you can't depend on that. It's not sustainable. So that's it. That's it. I think that's the key to this series. Let's go. Let's go Sixers. Let's go Sixers. Episode 50. Woo! Episode 50 is a good one. Good vibes. Sixers moving on to the round two matchup with the Miami Heat. Prayer circle. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to <laughs> South Beach Monday night. Sixers. I don't know if they have released the time yet, but it is on TNT. Yes. I'm sick of the NBA TV games. That's a topic <laughs> for another day. Um, we're moving on, and we hope that you will join us there. Uh, be on the lookout, of course, for Planet 765 Minute Recaps following each game in the series, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a few days. Let's go. To recap a couple games of the series. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go, Sixers. You just listened to an episode of the Planet 76 podcast. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Whatever platform you're on, why don't you hit that subscribe button for us, and we'll see you next time.